so friends, friends, this is a hard one this morning. Um, it's a hard one because it's one of those Sundays where the sermon that you prepare, that you've planned on, that you've kind of worked on, is not the sermon that you feel like you need to give. It's not the sermon that you feel like you need to give. And, and I have to preface this this morning by saying that I don't have any eloquent words to share with you. I don't have any profound theological insight to offer necessarily, or any poignant appeal to make. But I felt like after the heartbreak and tragedy of this week, in a community not that far from here, that a sermon on the theology of what Jesus means when it talks about all being one, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And because I believe it is actually part of the church's mission, our purpose even, to bear the witness of grief uh, in our communities and in those communities around us. I mean, in Romans 12, Paul writes that uh, as he's instructing the church in Rome, he says that you should mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep, he says. And I think that's part of what we're about is mourning with those who mourn and weeping the, with those who weep. And I am just really heartbroken today. I'm really heartbroken today. And I'm all out of words to express that. I'm all out of words. You know, the irony of being all out of words is that I actually have on my computer a file folder that is entitled Sermons After Mass Shootings. Because the tragedy of the world in which we live is that that's now a genre of sermon that you as a preacher have to have. I've got funerals, I've got weddings, and I've got sermons after mass shootings. Because in only seven years of ordained ministry, I've had to preach more than half a dozen of those. Stepping into a pulpit like I am today after just senseless tragedy and figure out what to say. And two of those, two of those were in the wake of the worst shooting in America, modern American history. Two of those. It's a, it's a record we sadly seem to try to break. And so I didn't know what to say. Now, I've been, I've been traveling this week. I, I sent out a message to all of you this week um, about the shooting in Uvalde, and I, I mentioned that I had been on a retreat, uh, and I was, and I stopped somewhere else as well. I'll mention that in a, in a second. And, but I've had lots of time this week sitting by myself in airports, on airplanes, lots of time to stew and to think and to pray and to really try to figure out what, what, what do you say? But again, all I was left with, truthfully, was grief. Deep, deep grief. Deep grief at the 19 children and two teachers whose lives were so horrifically ended this week. Deep grief at the fact um, that many of the victims of the last mass shooting we had in Buffalo, I mean, it's still on the prayers of the people. And those folks are still not even buried yet, and we're having to add more. Deep grief at the fact that there have been more mass shooting events in the year 2022 than we've had days in the year. If I sent out an email about each one of them, it's all you'd ever hear about. Again, I feel deep grief at the fact that I even have a folder on my computer that has the title Mass Shooting Sermons. 
And so I am out of words this morning. I'm out of words. So I was on a retreat uh, in Richmond, Virginia, and um, it, was, it was wonderful. But I took the long way home uh, and stopped through Orlando for a couple of days. Um, I uh, served there. My first parish out of seminary was a place called All Saints in Winter Park, which many of you may know is now where Father Stu Shelby is rector, the former rector here. And I actually had breakfast with Stu on Friday. It was lovely. He sends his greetings um, to all of you and his love. Uh, but I was there in Orlando to baptize uh, some twins, uh, some twins, the, the children of uh, one of Carly and I's dearest, dearest friends, um, a couple that uh, had twins in, in um, gosh, almost over two years ago now. They're toddlers. I was supposed to baptize them long ago, but, you know, all this, all this has been happening. Uh, and so that got delayed and delayed and delayed, and I was like, they're going to be in youth group before we get this thing done. <laughs> If I don't go, and so I tagged on a couple of extra days, and I baptized them yesterday morning. It was a beautiful ceremony. It was wonderful, and I was so grateful uh, to Stu for letting me come back and do that. Um, it, was, it was really, really lovely. And at that baptism uh, were a couple named George and Leslie Andre. Uh, George is a heart surgeon there in, uh, in Orlando, and Leslie is, uh, or was, uh, rather, the head of the search committee that actually called me there. Um, I love them both. They've, they're Wonderful, wonderful people. They're both pillars of the church, uh, pillars of the community, really, and they were integral, an integral piece of my own vocational journey. Um, and uh, anyway, it was so good to see them and get to catch up. But the thing that I absolutely will never forget about them, never forget, as long as my ministry, by the grace of God, continues, I will never forget about when on Sunday, June 12th, 2016, Leslie was serving, as she often did as a chalice minister. She came in that morning. But unlike usual, I mean, Leslie's a very collected lady, okay? She's very cool, calm, you know? But that morning, she seemed very off, very distracted, very anxious, kind of not present, you know, just kind of not there that morning. And news had been breaking that morning of a mass shooting that happened overnight at a venue downtown called Pulse, but we didn't really know much about what was going on at the time. And in fact, not much was known, period, at that point about what had happened. And as the service was starting, we processed in. We were all sitting in the benches in the chancel, and I was next to Leslie. Leslie leaned over to me, and she said, Cameron, please pray for George. Please pray for George, because he was called in in the middle of the night and has been operating on victims ever since. And this seems really, really bad. Now, by the time that I made it home from church that day, we had learned that it was really bad. That 49 people had been killed and another 58 wounded in what was, at that time, the deadliest shooting in modern American history. And in those moments, words don't come. You don't have words, right? But, but so I'm going to use a cliche and say it was surreal because it was. It, I, Carly and I's house was only about 15 or 20 minutes away. We could see the news helicopters circling even as I was watching the coverage on television. It was wild. Because what can seem remote sometimes to us as we just glance over things in the newspaper suddenly became very, very real to me. There were vigils, memorial services, so many tears, lots of heaviness. It was just this, 
horrific event in the life of that city, in the life of our nation. But the cameras left, right? The helicopters flew away, the news moved on, and another tragedy took its place. And so we just seem sort of stuck to me in this perpetual ritual uh, and cycle of grief, of grief. And so I think that's maybe why that's just where I am this morning. Grieving over lives that shouldn't have been lost. Now I'll be honest, you know, so I thought, okay, well, what do I say? So I started trying to, you know, read news stories about Uvalde and what had happened there. But I'll be honest with you that I couldn't bring myself really to do that. I couldn't really read them. Every time I would open my phone and start, you know, and I'd see a picture of one of the kids. Nope. Had to turn that off. Seeing pictures of the parents. Stumbling out of that facility like zombies because they had to go and do a DNA test so that they could identify their child. I mean, look, I mean, Carly was a teacher. And I'll tell you that every day, there is that thing in the back of your mind, that voice. It's like, I wonder. I mean, you know the chance mathematically is very, very small. The chance mathematically is very, very small, but that doesn't mean that you don't think about it, that you don't wonder if one day the drill won't be a drill, right? And so I couldn't. I couldn't really read couldn't really read much about it this week, and I, I can't think about it, and I can't really talk about it too much. And look, I don't know if some of you maybe this morning aren't in that sort of place of heaviness and grief. I don't know. But basically, all I want to say to you this morning is that if you are, I just want you to know that I'm there with you. That I'm there with you. And that I do think it's part of the, the work of the church to be there with those who are in grief to put chairs in front of our building by the road, just to say and communicate, we are there with you. We mourn with you. We weep with you. And I also want to speak at least this word of comfort to us today. That the reason the church needs to be there and mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep is not just to be nice, It's not just because it's a polite thing to do. It's not just like Paul was writing to the church in Rome about having good manners. (laughs) It's because by doing that, we are a witness to the fact that God is weeping too. That God is mourning too. That God is in your grief too. That's why we weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Is because God weeps with those who weep and mourns with those who mourn. And so this morning, you know, y'all know I sometimes have an adversarial relationship with the lectionary. (laughs) I sometimes get frustrated about things it leaves out, the order of things is kind of all messed up sometimes. Sometimes I'm upset because the prayer doesn't seem to match with the readings, whatever. But then there's days like today where you get the reading from Revelation and you hear, Come, Lord Jesus. And you go, yeah, okay, maybe the Holy Spirit actually does work through this thing sometimes. (laughs) So come, Lord Jesus. I've been praying this week, every day, 
the words of our collect of the day. Now, when I started praying that on Monday, it didn't mean the same thing to me as it did on Friday. But nevertheless, the collect of the day, do not leave us comfortless. Do not leave us comfortless, we pray. But send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us. To strengthen us. And so today, even in our grief, even as we witness to the grief that so many feel, we don't do so without the comfort and grace of the Holy Spirit. And we do so still in the Easter season, grieving and mourning, but living in hope, the Easter hope of a world and a life where we don't have to grieve over things like this, where I don't have to have a file folder with sermons about things like this. Amen.